episode number 84. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo health coach, an endo warrior, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is not here to replace your current treatment and is here for educational purposes only. As always, I want to thank our first sponsor today, BU. These guys are the makers of the incredible period patches that I love and also a beautiful organic CBD range, menstrual cup and chafing cream. And they really are one of the pioneers of natural and really quite revolutionary period care, in my opinion. I have seen these period patches change people's experience of their periods so dramatically and their experience of endometriosis so dramatically. And they are really one of the first things that I recommend to my clients if my clients are going through a flare-up or it's taken a while for their symptoms to calm down and for us to implement changes. I still want to provide my clients with something that's going to provide relief, you know, in that current moment. And I always recommend BU period patches because I just believe in them so much and they have helped me so much and they're natural and it's just when you are so commonly faced with all of these different drugs that can have side effects, um, they have their place, but sometimes you just want a more uh, side effect free option. So um, I absolutely love these patches. They've been helping me through a interstitial cystitis flare up that I've been going through recently. You can find out all about that on Instagram. <laughs> um, and if you want to try the BU patches for yourself, you can just head to the link in my show notes or go straight to their website, which is buonline.co.uk. So that's b-e-y-o-u-online.co.uk. If you are in the US or in Canada, you can actually also order your BU patches from Cult Beauty and they will ship to the US or to Canada. So that's cultbeauty.co.uk. Let me know how you get on with them. Today's episode is sponsored by the lovely Semaine. Semaine is the period supplement to help ease menstrual pain and reduce inflammation on the week of your period. And I am so happy that the girls sent me some to try. Um, so a lot of you have been following my journey with interstitial cystitis um, and how for the past, I did about a six-week elimination diet um, that was low oxalate, low histamine, and kind of autoimmune. And um, as a result, I was very limited on what I could eat, and some of the things that I could eat were actually triggers for me with my endometriosis. So um, my, not my most recent period, but the period before was actually really painful, a lot more painful than they usually are. Usually I have no pain to about a level three on the pain scale. And um, I had a pretty bad period. So I was so happy to have Semaine on hand for my most recent period. And I am very, very happy to report that I had, you know, 
a couple of cramps. Literally, they lasted like five minutes. Um, I had been taking Semaine for two days before my period and I used Semaine on my period. I had like a couple moments of some cramping. I took one paracetamol, did my usual thing of putting on my BU patch, um, using magnesium spray, taking some omega-3 supplements, taking a bit more magnesium, um, a bit more of my magnesium supplements, having some turmeric and having some ginger and I forgot about it I literally forgot about it I was on the phone to my mum the pain started whilst I was on the phone then I got off the phone and a couple of hours later I was like oh yeah I'm so happy to report that Semaine really really helped me I was really worried I've only had a week back on my normal endometriosis diet so I was really worried about what was going to happen so thank you Semaine for saving me um and yeah if you're interested in trying them as well they're completely natural they feature some of my favorite ingredients for managing endometriosis curcumin magnesium resveratrol um quercetin so if you're interested the link is in my show notes and for the rest of endometriosis awareness month and because right now it just basically sucks and we want to chew you up more um, the girls at Semaine are giving 30% off to my listeners with code BEWELL30, and that's all caps, so B-E-W-E-L-L-30, um, so you just need to enter that at checkout, and I will put that in my show notes as well. So guys, how are you doing? I am sending you all love for those of you in the UK, Um, I hope that you are settling into the kind of lockdown routine that we're in um, and I'm hoping that you are staying well and healthy and your endometriosis isn't playing up too much. Just to remind you that I have loads of resources to support you at the moment, especially if you're suffering with more flare-ups than usual because of the anxiety. Um, Something you might find really helpful is my episode let me just check what episode number this is um the episode that I did on creating an anti-inflammatory lifestyle which is all about reducing pain signals in your brain um if you experience you know feelings of fear or anxiety it's episode 73 and it's called anti-inflammatory living for endometriosis so that could really support you at this time Of course, I have a couple of free guides and my book is currently for free as well. Um, So hop over to my Instagram to hear more about the support that I'm providing at the moment and just getting some tips on how to cope and manage endo during this time. And if you want to join me in the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes as well. So this episode is another one from my Facebook lives. Um, I've recently been speaking to a lot of you and many of you have been telling me that you don't know where to start when it comes to managing endometriosis holistically or naturally, especially if you were considering starting and then everything with the coronavirus kicked off. Um, and so in my Facebook group, we have started doing live coaching sessions, um, group coaching. Um, one of the questions that came in was, how do you deal with the anxiety and overwhelm 
of there being so many things to try for endo. I feel like there's so many options out there which require trial and error. There's only so much time, money, energy, motivation, and I get so overwhelmed. And I just thought this was such a good question because it really summed up the various questions that I get around this subject. And also, I think a lot of the blocks and challenges we have are related to you know, time, money, energy, motivation, or feeling overwhelmed. So this episode, um, I address this in the live coaching session. And I talk about what I start with in my clinic, what I work with with my clients first, and why. I talk about what to do if you're super stressed out by it all, and you just don't know where to start and what I do with a client when a client feels like that. I then take you through some steps on how to deal with this anxiety and overwhelm and actually choose the right course of management for you. So I talk about identifying what your biggest challenge is with endo, exploring your options and deciding which option is the next best step for you. I talk about how to consider time, money, energy and motivation when deciding which option to try because I've tried a lot of them and I can tell you that when I've tried to do something that I didn't have the energy for, I felt really depleted when I tried to do something that I didn't have the time for I felt really stressed out so I I talk about quite a lot of those in the live I also talk about how to create a strategy of small or big steps it's totally up to you that you can implement over your chosen period of time to manage endometriosis so just creating a bit more structure there and I also talk about what to do if you're in serious pain right now and you just want a solution right now I truly hope that this episode is useful to you, um, especially at the moment when we're really tempted to stop some of our endometriosis management practices because we're feeling scared and, you know, we're overwhelmed by the current climate. Um, I know that the first week that it really kicked off over here in the UK, as a small business owner, I felt it um, within days um, financially it hit my business really hard um and it hit my boyfriend's business really hard we're both self-employed and um I don't know if things would have changed by the time that this comes out this airs but at the time and at the time I'm recording this there is very very little support um for self-employed people and I really struggled that first week I continued like normal I did my routines I worked, I got up, I showed up for my clients and um, and really that's what keeps me, you know, centred really actually showing up for this endo life and the people that I work with. But my personal management of my endometriosis, um, I just wanted to eat all the things. And the way that I managed that, the way that I managed my feelings of fear um, around being a small business owner was um to bake <laughs> brownies lavender cookies <laughs> and a victoria sponge cake in one weekend <laughs> but they were all sugar free they were all gluten free and they were all dairy free and they were bloody delicious and i just needed to get it out of my system and we have been snacking on them um and actually it's been lovely. I've had these little, 
I've got creative. I baked. I love to bake. It distracted me. Um, and I still made it endo-friendly. And I still had the um, delicious food that makes me feel good when I need it in the moment. And um, honestly, the brownies and the cake were literally the best brownies and the best cake I've ever made. So that was that was cool. Um, but you know, right now, as I'm recording this, I'm in a bit of pain in my pelvis because yesterday and the day before I had a cup of tea because I just needed a hit of something. Um, I just needed something to perk me up, to support me. Um, and it's a comfort thing. Like having a cup of tea reminds me of being at my nan's when I was younger and her drinking tea. I don't even know if I drank tea, but it was just a comfort thing. Like all the adults would have tea um on a Sunday afternoon and it just reminds me of comfort so um I had I've had tea for two days in a row and and now I'm feeling pelvic pain so I know it's time to draw back um I wanted to have a cup of tea earlier I didn't I had a nettle tea because that helps to alleviate some of my histamine um issues with my bladder so I opted for that um and I've still got some sugar-free brownies so I had them with sugar-free had my tea with a sugar-free brownie and um that was amazing so um I think it's really easy at the moment for us and understandably like so understandably guys I cannot tell you that like last week when things kicked off in the UK um I felt I wasn't scared for my health I was scared for what it meant for me as a business owner and I was worried for the people around me. I have a lot of people who are higher risk and um, just for the state of the world. And I and to be clear, I think there are some awful things going on in the world. You know, Syria, there are so many wars going on. There's so much deprivation and poverty. And as someone who's worked in charity for a long time, I'm, a, I'm very acutely aware of those things. Um, so... There are, there are other levels of suffering going on as well during this coronavirus, but this has been, in my lifetime, um, really something that's hit worldwide, and, and it's very surreal to be experiencing it all at the same time, and there's kind of, kind of no escape from it, and I think that's what I was struggling with. There was no escape from it. Um, so, brownies were the answer. Um and yeah, so at this time, I think that it can be really easy for us to get off track with our endo management because we're so fearful and concerned about the coronavirus. And then as a result, we're getting sick with endometriosis. I'm currently in pain right now. It's not terrible. It's about, you know, level five, level four, but it does feel like a bit of a hammer. Um, and I can't do that. I can't be in that place where I'm in pain that I then can't record a podcast. I then can't write the articles that I write every week. I then can't show up on Instagram to support you guys or in my Facebook group or with my clients. I can't do that. I have to be here. Um, and so I'm sure you're the same. Some of you might have kids at home. Some of you might be having to homeschool like my sister and do your job at the same time. Some of you might be having to show up at work anyway. Some of you might be doctors or nurses. I've got people that I'm coaching who are nurses that are in the hospitals right now, 
trying to manage endo. So I hope that this episode will help you to, if you haven't started managing your endometriosis yet, work out one step forward to work managing your endometriosis. And if you were managing your endometriosis and now you've gotten a little bit off track, helping you to decide which step you need to take to get you back on track. Um, so yeah, I hope this episode is really helpful. Let me know what else I can do to support you guys, what else you need. If you want to DM me, email me, reach out to me um, and ask for extra support or you have a question, feel free to do that. Um, uh, yeah, sending you guys big love and I really hope this episode is helpful for you. Okay, so I'm trying out something today. I really should get a chair that doesn't like spin because I just tend to spin whilst I'm talking to you. Um, trying out some live coaching today and answering like questions. So I have a pre-submitted question here. Hi Maggie, that I'm going to answer today. And then if this goes well, then we can kind of do it going forward. So you guys submit a question and I answer it in the live coaching. And if the person who submitted the question wants to jump on in the call, then we can talk about it um, if they want to share. So um, today's question is, I wish I could bring it up. Let me see if I can open another Facebook group, another Facebook page. Okay, never mind. So the question was, is how do you manage anxiety and overwhelm when it comes to managing endometriosis? There are so many things to do that we can do for endometriosis um, and so many options require trial and error. So like, which one do you choose first? Um, and there's only so much time, money, energy, motivation. So that's the question that I'm answering today. And there are kind of a couple of ways you could approach this and for anyone who hasn't listened I did an episode on this like probably last year like early last year so you can have a listen to that episode um but I recorded that as someone with endometriosis and this is my answer as an endometriosis health coach so it's kind of two versions um so coming from an endo coach perspective in the beginning, clinically, I would always start with inflammation and gut health. And the reason why is because 70 to 80% of our immune system is in and around our gut. And our immune system is a thing that creates inflammation. So if there's something going on with your gut, if you're having reactions, if you're having intolerances, if you're having IBS, if you've got bloating, suspected SIBO, then there's probably something going on with your gut. And because chronic pain and chronic fatigue and chronic stress actually puts the brakes on our digestive system and it depletes our stomach acid and our digestive enzymes, it's quite likely that there's problems going on with our gut. So I would start with addressing the gut health, um, but potentially even before that, if I'm working with a client, before that step, we would look at some simple changes we could make to lower inflammation because endometriosis is classified as an inflammatory disease. 
So we want to be reducing the inflammation because when we have too much inflammation in our bodies, not only does it um, worsen pain, worsen pain signals, but it also suppresses um, our immune system. So our immune system is just not going to be working as well. It's just going to be completely um, upregulating inflammation in the body. And instead of targeting endometriosis just specifically, you're just kind of inflamed everywhere. And that's just not as effective, basically. Because if you think about um, an injury, the immune system is supposed to inflame that area so it can begin healing. But we don't want our whole body inflamed. We don't want to like swell up our whole body just because we cut our thumb. So um, endometriosis, and really the, the key uh, goal here is to get you feeling well. And with most of us, that's managing the pain. So reducing the inflammation is going to reduce the pain. And also, if we're inflamed, that will also cause chronic fatigue and brain fog. So reducing the inflammation is going to support you with the, um, hello, uh, with the reducing the brain fog and the fatigue. Now with the gut health, that's also going to be reducing the inflammation. But if you're suffering with um fatigue, if you're suffering with brain fog, if you're suffering with IBS issues, you're going to be addressing those. And then the pain is going to be kind of like a indirect um, bonus. It's going to reduce as you address those. So clinically, that's where I would start. Um, I wouldn't start with hormones at that point, because what we find is that the hormones begin to get into balance as we address inflammation and as we address gut health. Um, and then if the hormones are still out of balance, we would then start doing a couple more tweaks. But if you're addressing inflammation through diet, for example, um, balancing blood sugar because um, blood sugar instability stresses the body out, it creates inflammation. So if you're kind of making all of these healthy tweaks anyway, you're going to be starting to balance your hormones. So that's kind of where I tend to start with my clients as long as they're happy to start there. And it really can um, vary in terms of what you want to do. So um, if you wanted to go all in and do a month long elimination diet, that's your choice. If you're, if, if, you're the type of person who works well at going cold turkey, that is totally your choice. If you're actually like, do you know what, this feels like a lot, but I know I eat a ton of sugar, I'm, I'm going to start reducing that by 30%, you start there with reducing the inflammation. So it doesn't have to be kind of every single method under the sun for reducing inflammation. You don't have to think about, oh, uh, do I have SIBO? Do I have IBS? Do I have leaky gut? All at the same time, you could start with step-by-step -step strategies, which if you're interested, I literally just did, I just recorded a podcast episode um, on the endo belly part two. So if that's kind of where you wanted to start, listen to endo belly part one and then endo belly part two, which should be out tomorrow um, to get the steps that I would take then. Um, 
if someone came to me and they were really stressed out and there was loads going on in their lives, um, they were emotionally feeling really drained, I would not necessarily start there. I would start with what we call the cashmere blanket um, approach that we do at the Integrated Women's Health Institute and that's basically wrapping someone in comfort, the cashmere blanket, because they're not in the state to be able to restrict, you know, maybe sugar is their comfort, like, and taking that away is just going to break them. Let me tell you, I have just done this elimination diet for six weeks for my bladder pain, and I had to cut out, um, I had got to a place with my endometriosis where I had all of these amazing go-to foods that kept me really well with endo and I didn't have any pain with endo but I had bladder pain and all of those foods that I relied on so when my period was coming and I wanted sweet food you know I knew that I could have um popcorn sweetened with um true sugar-free chicory syrup I knew that I could have a hundred percent dark um, cacao chocolate which is sugar free I knew I could make myself a hot chocolate without sugar I couldn't have any of those not one of those things for my bladder and I really really struggled emotionally with that I really struggled and the reason being is because at the moment I don't have adequate neurotransmitters to feel enough to have enough end, um, endorphins enough dopamine to feel good when my period comes when estrogen drops I am because estrogen makes us feel good I'm suddenly left with not enough neurotransmitters in my life and on top of that I don't have my go-to chocolate I don't have my go-to popcorn so I don't have anything to rely on and it was really hard I was really tearful and I was really emotional so it really depends on where you are um I could do that because I had Jessica as my nutritionist and me as someone who has studied endometriosis nutrition, who's gone through it or I knew that I could do it, but I, you know, wouldn't necessarily put you guys through that. So um, if you are in a place where you can't mentally cope with the concept of making those changes and you feel really stressed and really overwhelmed, start with adding in things that are going to make you feel good that are going to make you feel safe and feel comforted and if you want to know a bit more about that then I've got an episode um called create I think it's called creating an anti-inflammatory lifestyle and what that's all about is adding in safety signals to send to your brain to let your brain know that you're safe because when our brain feels under threat when our body feels under threat, if we're stressed, uh, like at the moment, everything that's going on, most of us are feeling stressed, our brain responds to pain more. Our brain responds to threats more. It's, excuse me, I've got sunk in my eye. Um, it will react, it will overreact to a pain that we wouldn't normally notice as much. So you could potentially have a period that if you were feeling less like an actual physical period, I don't mean a period of time, if you were feeling less stressed out at that time, you might have not felt so much pain from that period. But because you were feeling really, really stressed out, the pain felt worse. I work with clients who 
we're feeling fine and they have a stressful event and their endometriosis just flares up and I know some of you have experienced that as well so if you're in a place where you're feeling too stressed to take on changes like practical like physical changes like changing your diet or even trying to navigate like the world of supplements start with adding in safety signals start with getting your brain to calm down so think about what feels comforting to you um is it like literally watching disney films is it um watching like netflix is it knitting is it going for walks in nature is it playing with your dog is it spending time with your family is it reading trashy fiction um is it cozy clothes literally i love hoodies and jumpers guys because they make me feel safe and comfortable that is why i wear them so much so you know is it a really cozy blanket is it a hot water bottle add in lots of things that make you feel safe yoga candles meditation things that are going to calm your body down so you get to a point where you feel calm enough to take these things on so that's a kind of cashmere blanket method that i would suggest for anyone who's feeling too stressed or overwhelmed um and so a couple of you have joined since i started this so just to remind you i'm answering how to manage anxiety and overwhelm with managing endo where do you start where do you get started? There's so many things to try. So just to recap, clinically with my clients, I would start with lowering inflammation and often that will be through diet, like really simple changes to more extensive changes if they want to do that. It's totally their choice. Um, and then addressing gut health. So that's kind of where I would start clinically. But if someone was feeling overwhelmed, if someone was feeling stressed, they were going through a messy divorce, um, their mum was in hospital, whatever it may be, I would start with actually adding in some safety signals first and calming down their brain and their um, inflammatory response before we tackled the other stuff. For you guys, I would ask yourself, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing with endometriosis right now? So I asked this in the group, I asked you guys, what's your kind of number one challenge or challenges with endometriosis? And a lot of you said to me, pain, fatigue and IBS issues. A couple of you said bladder problems, but most of you said that. So I would love to hear what you guys in this group, because actually that will give me, I can give you some examples. So if you wanna write in this group, um, I hope I've allowed you the option to do that. I think I have. But if you want to share with me what your number one challenge is with endometriosis right now. So have a cons like consider what that is. So I'm just going to say pain for now because pain is one of like the main issues that we all have. Um, I don't have coronavirus, by the way. I have allergies. Um, we people with endometriosis tend to have more allergies and I'm definitely one of those people. Um, so, and then consider once you know what your key challenges that you want to change the most, if you're feeling, if you're not feeling overwhelmed, you can kind of do a couple of different things or tackle a couple of different symptoms. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, think about what the biggest challenge is for you and then look at what your options are for tackling that. I think someone 
not in terms of health, but actually in terms of business. I was listening to a business podcast, this is ages ago, and this interview, the guy who was being interviewed, he said, you know, you can get really overwhelmed with all of the different things that you can, hey Maggie, pain flare-ups that last hours. Okay, I'm going to use pain as an example. So he was saying, you know, there's so many things you could do with business, you can't do them all at once. And he was like, and there are so many podcasts, there are so many books, there are so many articles. And what he did was he made um, folders on his laptop for business. So if you, let's switch this up and use it with Endo, you could have a folder for fatigue, you could have a folder for pain, you could have a, a folder for IBS or bloating. And you could, when you see an article, you're like, that sounds interesting. You can bookmark it, put it in that folder. Um, if it's a if it's a book, you could you know that's on Amazon. You could bookmark it and put it in that folder to come back to it at a later date. Um, if it's a podcast, you could save the episode and put it in there for a later date, and come back to it when you're addressing that symptom. But if you're just starting with pain, if that's where you're beginning, then be like, okay, I'm only focusing on the options for pain relief right now. I'm only listening to Jess's episodes around pain right now. I'm only reading up books around inflammation and pain. I'm, um, you know, so start with one thing rather than loads because it's even for me, it's so easy to be like, oh, but that sounds like me too. Maybe I should be addressing that. It's not, it's not practical and it's not always helpful to do everything at the same time because we can't see what's working. Um, so start with one area and hone in on that area. And if you feel like it works for you, just try to focus on the resources and tools that are relevant to that area. You don't necessarily have to do that because that might be a bit too complex to try and get your head around. Um, because some podcast episodes might have a couple of different symptoms that we talk about in there. But you get what I'm saying. If it doesn't stress you out and if you find it easier to filter or you listen and you do the research, but you only pay attention to the stuff that is just about pain. So have a look at what your options are. Maybe write them down or just spend some time thinking about them and consider what step, what first step feels like the easiest and will get you the results most quickly. I don't necessarily mean, um, how can I put this? I don't necessarily mean doing something that's easy, but it's not going to make a difference, right? What is going to get you a result in a shorter amount of time so you feel inspired and motivated, but feels doable for you? feels like you can achieve it because we kind of want to we want to um we want to hit this balance between you feeling capable of making this change and it not feeling overwhelming so you actually start but you seeing enough change and enough results that you actually want to carry on does that make sense because you could say to yourself I'm no longer gonna have sugar in my tea. That's something that you feel capable of doing. You're gonna use stevia in your tea instead. 
but you eat sugary food all day like chocolate is your crutch um you know you eat several chocolate bars a day for example that might not make enough difference for you to see um a result that's going to motivate you to keep going because the quantity of sugar that you're having versus the quantity that you're cutting out might not be enough to make an effect having said that if you have the patience to say this week I'm going to start with just cutting down on the sugar in my tea next week I'm going to swap a chocolate bar for a piece of fruit the week after that I'm going to um, swap my dessert for a sugar-free cookie that I've made then you are going to be gradually seeing changes so if you feel that um, you could do it like that then that's great but what you're trying to go for is something that feels accessible, something that you feel like you can do, but something that's going to bring you enough change. Um, and then with that, consider time, money, energy and motivation. So let's go with the pain scenario. So personally, um, my experience is that sugar is the biggest um, driver of my pain and scientifically we know it's a huge driver behind pain and inflammation so I'm going to use sugar not to demonize sugar um, I you know I was off my elimination diet on Sunday and like one of the first things I ate was a cinnamon roll so um, no judgment here um, but yes um, sugar is just a good example because it is so effective when we reduce it so Consider your time. How much time is it going to take to reduce sugar? If it's a small change, like taking the sugar out from your tea, um, swapping honey on your porridge to chicory root syrup, um, and swapping, if you ate like a diet really, really high in tropical fruits, you might want to swap one or two of them to low sugar fruits like berries. Um, maybe you love ice cream, but you know it's high in sugar, so you're gonna swap your Hagen Dars for Halo, right? Which is low sugar. What's the other one? Perfect World. Um, you know, swapping a low a high sugar ice cream for a low sugar ice cream. If you're just doing swaps, that sounds a lot more doable, right? It's a matter of swapping a couple of things on your grocery list. Um, but you might want to consider, well, how easy are they for me to get? Can I order them on Amazon? Are they at my supermarket? Do I have to go out of my way to find them? So have that kind of consideration in your mind and whether you're willing and whether you have the time. Um, if it was something like, so for example, what I've just done, just on a six week elimination diet, um, I had to completely change how I cook, totally. I couldn't even use spices that I use anymore or, her or herbs. Um, couldn't use any milks, any form of nut milks. I couldn't use nut butter. Um, so I had to totally change how I cooked and everything, I cook from scratch, but I know how to make quick foods and quick 
meals from scratch. Um, whereas I didn't know how to do this. So it took me so much longer to cook. My breakfast, is t- my breakfast took longer, my lunch took longer, my dinner took longer. It was really time consuming. If I went out at the weekend, I had to pre-cook loads of snacks the night before. Literally, I'd be cooking till like midnight. Not advisable. Um, I just didn't have time to do it any other, any other time. Making all of these snacks to carry around me um, because I couldn't get food anywhere. Um, so that's an extreme scenario example because my diet was so restrictive. But you can kind of just see the difference between making some easy swaps and then doing something that's a lot more intense. Then consider money, right? So those swaps, how affordable are they? Can you um, do a couple of sugar swaps right now? Um, Or let me think, um, how much is it going to cost you to buy stevia? It's expensive. I just bought a stevia bottle the other day and it was like $16.99. So do you have that on top of your budget right now? If you were trying to address your pain levels through, let's think, supplements, they're going to be probably more expensive than just cutting down on some sugar. Does that make sense? Like, Because supplements cost quite a lot of money. You have to replenish them every month. Some stevia or monk fruit is probably going to last you a bit longer. So consider whether you, what your finances are. And if you're thinking about something like um, alternative therapies, then they're going to be a lot more. Right? So where are you in your life? Are you going to stress out about how much money you're having to spend on this healing? That's not going to help you. If it needs to be more affordable, consider what are the affordable changes that you can make first that are going to be the most effective. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. BU make natural, organic products to help us to manage our periods, sleep well, and achieve a greater sense of well-being. Their product line is expanding all the time with just amazing products that I, I love. I'm so happy that this company exists because they're natural for a start and they really focus on menstrual well-being and that's just so important to me. They have a CBD balm, CBD drops, CBD sprays um, that can all help you to manage your um, menstrual pain. They have patches which you can use during the beginning of your period and the lead up to your period to soothe pain and the endometriosis community love them. There's also the sleep pillow mist. So if you're really trying to improve your sleep or you're trying to reduce levels of anxiety when you're sleeping, the sleep pillow mist is just full of soothing essential oils to help with that. They have a menstrual cup now and a menstrual cup foaming cleanser. Um, So if you can wear menstrual cups, then I totally recommend BU. Their cup is made with um, 100% soft medical grade silicone. There's no PPA, no latex, no dye. As I said, all of their products are natural. The company are really committed to women's rights, menstrual health, and good quality products. And I mean, obviously I know them personally because they're my sponsors and they're just a lovely company to support. 
So if you're interested in having a look at their range, the link is in my show notes. Um, I would love to hear what you think and how you get on with them. Be you. Start soothing period cramps a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis diet grocery list. This download gives you basically a lowdown of what I eat every week on um, a monthly basis and my personal take on the endometriosis diet. It's not a protocol, set protocol that you have to or should follow, but it is here to serve you, give you inspiration and help you see what eating for endometriosis might look like in real life. It's there for you to kind of take inspiration from and help you put your own approach together. To download it, just head to my show notes and follow the link to get your free copy. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, the Pod Farm can help. We've just launched a new course covering everything you need to know to start a podcast, from planning and buying equipment, to recording and editing, to hosting services and how to appear on all major podcast players. With hours of audio and video content, as well as downloadable guides, resources and useful further reading, the materials have something for every type of learner. The course is £49.99 and subscribers to our newsletter get 20% off until April 15th. That's £39.99. In this time of enforced lockdowns and financial uncertainty, we've tried to offer a product at a fair and affordable price while still giving you all the tools you need to start your new venture. Go to the show notes of this episode or thepodfarm.com to find out more. The other thing is energy. How much energy do you have to be able to take this on? Several years ago, I started doing psychotherapy um, in order to, it was partly to kind of manage endometriosis, but it was also just because of other things that I had going on emotionally with my life. That took so much energy. I had it on a Monday during work hours and I would leave in floods of tears because psychotherapy is hard it's so bloody hard and I would then have to pull myself together for the rest of the afternoon to get through and I wouldn't really feel good for the next couple of days because it was so emotionally taxing so how much energy do you actually have to be able to take this on you might this might be a place where actually an alternative therapy is better for you because all you need to do is turn up, lie down and have some reflexology. Lovely. But that might be exactly what you need. If you don't have the energy to be like, oh, okay, um, I need to, I love baking and I need to consider how I bake sugar free. That feels like a lot of work right now to work out. Like I don't have time or energy to practice different recipes that might go wrong maybe that's not right for you at the moment but if you've got loads of energy and you know it really replenishes you to look at recipes it really excites you and inspires you to look at recipes it's going to energize you it's going to fill you back up go for it try to focus on something that's going to fill you up that's going to nourish you and that's going to feel good because if it's depleting you you're probably not going to keep up with it and it's probably going to make you feel worse on some level, it's going to make you feel worse, right? Whether that's emotionally or physically, it's going to make you feel worse. So consider what level of energy you have to do that. 
motivation. I think the key question here is, are you really going to do it? So if you set yourself up with a massive um, goal or target, that sounds dreamy. Like, how realistic is it? I believe you guys can do it. I believe you guys are capable of massive change and of healing your endometriosis symptoms. But myself and with my clients, I start with gradual change that I feel capable of doing. Otherwise, you're going to beat yourself up when you're struggling to do it or when you feel demotivated to do it or it feels harder than you thought it was going to be. What what do you feel motivated to do? If it's like, okay, I, I need to reduce my pain levels and I know I eat a lot of sugar, how does cold turkey feel? Does it feel realistic? If it doesn't, how does swapping out that sugary tea and swapping out Friday night's ice cream for a low sugar ice cream, does that feel more manageable? If it does, then you're much more likely to stay motivated with it. If the sugar, changing the sugar, doesn't even feel like, that just feels like no way. I love my sugar, I don't wanna change that. Consider another way to address your pain. Maybe that's where you're adding in a supplement. Maybe you're adding in turmeric. Maybe you're adding in more antioxidants in the form of fruits and vegetables because they're really brilliant for lowering inflammation. Maybe it's that you do some mindfulness for pain every day to calm down the pain signals in your brain and reduce inflammation that way. Start with an area that you feel motivated to do and that doesn't leave you feeling like a deer in headlights. Is that the right phrase? A deer in headlights? I think it is. Um, if you're in serious pain and you want a result now, but you want it to be natural, like it's not like you want to just suddenly book in dramatic surgery or you don't want to take different drugs, like pain relief drugs, that's probably where I would consider bringing in supplements um, because they can create a difference quite noticeably, usually within a month to three months. Now I would say, I would argue that that's the same for doing something like cutting out sugar or caffeine if, if you find that you inflame from caffeine. Um, my personal experience is when I cut out sugar and caffeine for a month, I had my first pain-free period that I'd had in years. It was that quick. It was that quick. I had gone from like a level 10 on the pain scale to no, no pain at all. I don't even think I knew that my period had started. It was that dramatic. So yes, I, I think that you can get those results that quickly. However, if you don't have the motivation, the energy, the mental space for making those changes, then adding in a supplement is a nice, easy thing to do. You can have it with your breakfast. It will become a nice, easy routine. All you have to do is pick it up and take it with a drink. Um, and, you know, within a month, you're probably going to start noticing a difference, especially if you're taking something like turmeric, ginger, 
magnesium, omega threes, um, and acetylcysteine. So if that feels like something you would rather do, you would rather get your symptoms down. And then when your symptoms are down, you have the energy, you have the mental capacity to begin making changes to your lifestyle, your diet, your health overall, then you could go down that route. And if you want to know some of the, learn about some of the most effective um, supplements for endometriosis, there's a whole chapter in my book on that. So the book's for free at the moment and the link is in the Facebook group. So feel free to download that and have a look at um, the most effective supplements for endometriosis. But I would definitely say N-acetylcysteine, um, oh, the endo complex is a great one. I take here it is. I take this. Um, ginger, magnesium, omega three, turmeric, or curcumin um, are all really powerful. There's also resveratrol, um, pine bark extract, uh, melatonin as well. So just have a read of what's in my book, um, and then create a strategy that. Um, you know, consists of small changes. So you might want to create a plan or you might just want to say, do you know what, I'm going to do this for a month and I'm going to see how I get on. And then you reflect on it. Because if you try to do loads of things at once, you're not necessarily going to know what's working for you. If you're in so much pain, you're just like, Jess, I need to cut out the gluten and the dairy and the sugar and just see what happens. I need to do them all free because I'm in so much pain. Great. Do that. Do what works for you. But if you're like, that feels really overwhelming, I just need to start by adding supplements, start there. Do that for a month. Or maybe you just want to start by adding in some raspberry leaf tea to help reduce cramping. And you have a raspberry leaf tea twice a day for a month to see if that helps reduce your endometriosis pain. Um, or you might want to say, like, here's a strategy, add in raspberry leaf tea in every day, adding dandelion tea in every day to make sure that your liver is detoxifying excess estrogen, um, adding in a supplement to boost that and support that, and then maybe reducing your sugar intake seven days before your period, and that's what you do for a month. So you're having two teas on a daily basis, you're taking a supplement daily, and then seven days before your period, you reduce sugar. So maybe you just cut out the sugar from your tea and you stop eating honey nut cornflakes every morning, um, for example. So it could be a simple kind of package in that way. And then you see how you get on and then you see how your symptoms respond and you notice things. And you're like, that's interesting. I seem to be responding quite well to that. So I'm going to keep up with that. Um, you might want to be like, okay, I had a good period. What happens if I keep up the raspberry tea, I keep up with the dandelion tea, I keep up with the supplement, but I continue to have sugar in the seven days before my period? What happens then? And then if you discover that your next period is bad, you're like, right, okay, the sugar is affecting me. And then you can tweak it from there. So you could just create a strategy of small changes and you could even stagger them. You could start with, Week one of your cycle, you add in raspberry leaf tea. Week two, you add in dandelion tea, so now you're taking two of them. Week three, you add in an acetylcysteine. Week four, you cut down on the sugar. It could be that you do it in that way. Um, 
And that's really why, that's the point of this challenge, this year-long challenge, is that I'm giving you a challenge a month that you can get used to, that you can tweak, that you can adjust to what works for you and you can see whether it makes a difference. I could give you all of the changes to just work on all year, but that would be really overwhelming and you're not necessarily going to know what's working for you and what's worsening your symptoms or what's helping your symptoms. So I am quite a fan of staggering and um, I find that that works really well for a lot of my clients as well. Um, And then consider like what needs to change. Like, is it that you have see like you're presenting with a lot of symptoms of SIBO and actually maybe that's the thing that um you're worrying about the most or is it that you're drinking wine every night to relax but then you're, you've got a sore pelvis the next morning like you will probably have an instinct in your heart of hearts what needs to change and I think I knew as well like if I go back all of that, you know, though that many years ago, I don't know how many years it was now, seven maybe, maybe six or something, I don't know. I was drinking three cups of coffee a day and I had, I didn't have sugar in my tea. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I was having four teaspoons of sugar in my tea. No, in my coffee, sorry. And I wasn't doing it all the time but I had got into a habit that's that kind of specific year, maybe it'd been six months, um, and I was traveling as well. So I just went to a coffee shop and I was working, I was volunteering whilst I was traveling and there was a coffee shop around the corner. And um, I'd go to the coffee shop three times a day and I'd have three to four teaspoons of sugar in my coffee because I was crazy. Um, and... I was making a lot of raw chocolate that was like, oh, that's healthy. But there was loads of maple syrup in it and I was having that every day. And I was making my own ice cream and I was having that every day. So I knew instinctively, once I did the research, that I was going OTT on the caffeine and the sugar. And so I I knew that's kind of where I needed to make a change. And, um, And I had a diagnosis at that point as well of, um, being severely intolerant to dairy and gluten. So um, I kind of, you know, I did them all at once because medically as well, I, I had to, I had to cut those two out. And um, then, you know, I did the research around endometriosis and I knew sugar and caffeine weren't going to be helping me. So I did it all in one month. Um, and there were days when I couldn't, this was a long time ago. So there were days when I couldn't go to a restaurant and find dairy free and gluten-free in one dish so I would have I don't think I think I completely avoided dairy because I reacted so badly to it so I would have um I'd have a good for the gluten option and just make sure it was dairy-free so you know at times I had to adjust it and I had to tweak with it and just tweak it rather and not get um myself too anxious about those changes um but now once I kind of experienced that dramatic relief and I was ready for that like I was really ready for that change I was willing to do that change um since then as I make changes I stagger those changes especially with like 
um, in the past couple of years with my bladder pain. Now, obviously, we've done something quite dramatic because my bladder pain hasn't changed. But when I first started working my bladder pain, I was like, okay, I'm going to try no tomatoes this week and see what happens. Okay, I'm going to try no lemon this week. I'm going to see what happens. Oh, I'm going to swap that supplement because vitamin C aggravates bladder pain. And so I have staggered it with my bladder pain for sure. Um, it's only this year that we've gone full throttle with the elimination diet because my bladder pain doesn't want to shift. Um, so do it week by week or month by month and see what works for you. And if it feels too overwhelming to map it out and plan it, some people like to have that level of control, but if it feels too overwhelming, then just choose what you're gonna do for week one. Literally just be like, I'm gonna drink this tea. That's the one thing I'm gonna focus on, this tea. You can't do it all at once. And when I say all at once, sure, you can, you can do the um, eating an inflammatory diet all at once. Right, but imagine trying to do an anti-inflammatory diet, adding in all of the supplements, going to trauma therapy to address the trauma you've experienced, going to a pelvic floor physiotherapy, having acupuncture, having reflexology, swapping all of your non-toxic, all of your toxic products for non-toxic products, doing meditation every day, like doing all of the things. I mean, I don't know who could do that all in one go. And I would personally never expect myself to do it all in one go and I would never expect a client to be able to do it all, all in one go and if you're capable of doing all of those things at once you are superhuman and you need to come on the podcast but other than that I would focus on what feels like your biggest problem the biggest challenge that you want to address look at your options then consider what feels like out of those options what feels like the most accessible to you that's going to make the biggest difference to you and run that past do I have the time to do this do I have the money to do this do I have the energy to do this and I do have the motivation and if the answer is no can you tweak it to fit into all of those for you if you're wanting to find relief quickly but you don't currently have the energy or the health to make those changes, to contemplate those changes, that's when you might want to consider adding in one or two supplements and seeing if you feel a difference and if that helps you to have the energy and to have the pain reduction in order to make the other changes. Um, consider creating a strategy, whether that's um, day by day, week by week, or month by month. Do you want to create a strategy that is for the next cycle or do you want to create a strategy that's just for the week um and clinically what I tend to do with my clients unless they ask me to do otherwise or they're presenting with high levels of stress is we would address inflammation by making a couple of tweaks to the diet and addressing the gut by supporting the gut health and so listen to my endo belly part one and endo belly part two um for um, information on that, on addressing your gut health. Um, and with the inflammation, reducing the inflammation, that could be anything from adding in fruits and vegetables to cutting down on sugar and gluten, for example. So there are so, I've got so many resources on 
cutting like reducing inflammation with diet I would go back to challenge sorry I'm just trying to think I think it's challenge two and three have a look at the challenge around adding in fruits and vegetables and adding in turmeric they're nice places to start um but ultimately it's about where you want to start and where you feel capable of starting there's no right way to do this our endo symptoms present differently we all have different things going on in our lives and our bodies um i have no idea what's going on in your lives and how much is going on right now except for the coronavirus and that's a lot as it is but i'm pretty sure that that's not the only stress that we all have so um yeah that is how i would manage it do it gradually um and if you feel like it's too much for you, start with the cashmere blanket approach. Wrap yourself up in things that make you feel safe, make you feel comforted, and then get yourself to a point where you feel filled up enough, your cup is full enough, you feel replenished enough that you can start making these changes. And so if you want to... Um, learn more about that approach go to creating an anti-inflammatory lifestyle episode in my podcast um i hope that's helpful um let me know in the comments you can comment now or you can comment later um there are four comments that i've missed oh maggie i'm so sorry i didn't see it wasn't um it wasn't moving like up as you guys were commenting, so I didn't see. So Mary, you're here. So Mary, let me know if you want to chat about this more, if there's anything that I've missed or you have like a specific overwhelm problem that you want me to address. Um, or you have like a specific problem with your pain or you know your endo symptom in general, and then I can always say what I would, uh, I wouldn't tell you what to do, um, but I would say what my instinct is there um so maggie says totally makes sense um i hope so thank you um i hope this has been helpful um pesky biscuits let me tell you maggie i have because i'm just come off this elimination diet i've got all the cravings and i'm due on in a couple of days and i think actually because with this elimination diet i've not been able to uh, i've not been allowed to take my normal supplements and i'm not I've had to skip out on like loads of nutrients and I think I'm actually quite estrogen dominant this month. Um, my boobs are so painful. Um, so that's a sign of estrogen dominance. My womb feels like it's about to rupture. So I'm a bit worried about this approaching period. Um, I think I've got a lot of estrogen dominance going on. Um, some of the things that I had to do during this elimination diet um, really messed up my digestive tract which doesn't normally happen for me so I think that's contributed to um, estrogen dominance because I'm not I haven't been eliminated eliminating estrogen properly um, so anyway I'm just suddenly flooded with the options to start eating the foods that I've missed and um, estrogen dominance and so I've got this I've got bad PMS so I'm just like craving all the chocolate and I've been thinking about brownies all day so I'm making sugar-free brownies tonight so it's kind of those yeah those pesky biscuits right like how can we make them um more hormone loving how can we make them low in sugar how can we make them more endo-friendly is is endo-friendly for you like dairy-free or is it gluten-free or is it just sugar-free 
or is it just using whole foods you just want to use some lovely whole foods like make them you know more suitable for you basically just make those tweaks that are suitable for you the happy balance no that's that the happy balance the other one is the happy hormone guide it sounds similar and um that's also a cookbook for hormone balance and it has a load of sugar recipes in there and then of course all of my recipes are uh sugar free um and even though the breakfast recipes there's quite a few that can double up as desserts like the cheesecake and the chocolate teff mousse um so there's quite a couple there's quite a few in there that you can have as um desserts so i hope that's helpful um mary if i have missed anything please let me know um i guess because you've joined a little bit late you're probably not going to see me hear me saying this until i'm offline but you can always write into um the facebook group and i will jump back on um at another point and share with you um if you guys have any other questions that you want me to answer in a live coaching session, I would love to hear from you, submit them anytime. And I'm saying I've got six comments now, but I can't see a new one. Weird. Um, I would, yeah, love to hear from you, submit them anytime, and I will answer them in the next live coaching session. Um, I hope this has been helpful, guys. Please let me know. If, if these are of use to you, let me know. If they're not, that's totally fine. Um, and I will focus on doing something else that supports you. But I'd love to hear what you would like more of or what you um, want less of um, and what's helping you. So I hope you guys have a lovely evening. Stay safe, stay well, try to stay calm. At this moment in time, we definitely need lots of the cashmere blanket therapy. So look after yourselves. Lots of love. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.